ladies, put your boners away or get them ready. I don't know. Either way you decide because we have somebody today who is going to tickle your fancy. I'm sure. Okay. Like me. He actually, I feel like he is like a little guy version of me. I think he is not afraid to call out the bullshit. Right. But also he is not over here. Like most of these people jerking off to one side or the other, he will call out both sides. He'll call out all sides. That's what I'm talking about. I know I told you your boners may be popping. Okay. So everyone help me in welcoming Connor Moore. Connor is the host of the show politically homeless. And we're going to get it going today. I told him before we hopped on here, I haven't really prepped for this because like I said, like me, Connor will just balls to the wall, free wheel it. And I'm just, ha- I'm going to like throw some topics at him and we're just gonna, you know, spit fire in this bitch. So without further ado, hi, Connor. What's up, Taylor? How you doing? Connor, are you copying me because you have a live free or die sign and I have a live free <laughs> tattoo. So what's the sit? Not I that you would have, ever I- see it. I have a Latin, I have a Latin tattoo that says, um, always true, which is basically the same as live free or no bullshit. So it's like, it's been, it's been a mantra of mine for a long time. I actually have a sign that says it's all bullshit behind me too. Are you Latin? No, I'm just, you know, I was on Adderall and thought it was a good idea. (laughs) Cool. Can I share what you did last night? Yeah, go for it. Connor said he had a threesome last night. So we both were laughing because we, I was like, I also had a threesome with my pillow and my stuffed animal. (laughs) I'm not actually not even kidding. Um, so we're both laughing because we're both like, you know, dragging today a little bit, a little, a little, a little draggy. It was fun. It was good. It was, it was, it was good. Is this your normal life? Like I feel really Um, boring suddenly. No, it's not. I mean, it's not, it is kind of normal life. It's actually now that I'm married, it's harder to find girls who are willing to like cross there. It's just, it's anxiety inducing. I think for a lot of, it's something we've done since probably like six months into our relationship. And it's like something we only do together. It's not, people think that it's like crazy and wild. It's not that it's not that wild. Like, it's just not that it's, 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 it's fun and it's cool. And it can get kind of like weird. Like I've definitely, you know, I've tied some people up to each other and stuff like that. And, but it's not, the, the 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 mind as soon as you think like oh this person's outside of like the monogamy world thinks like oh you're going to like swingers parties and you have a sex swing and a dungeon and like all these fucking crazy toys and i'm don't we that's not how it is at all it's like even if you were in it it really flows very easily and it's like not it's just fun we just have a good time with it and kelly we both like to fuck chicks so like, here we go if you guys are listening and you're not watching, which how dare you get your life right? That's the other thing I was going to say in my intro for you ladies. Like some would argue Connor is mildly attractive. I mean, I guess like <laughs> someone may or may not say, but it's funny because I was going to say like, it's too bad ladies. Cause he's taken, but I guess it really doesn't matter. But like, I feel like you probably get guys who are like, Oh my God, you have the coolest wife ever. Cause yeah, you did just get married. So I can't imagine how many times you get that. They're like, dude. Honestly, you would think, and these are the things, the funny assumptions you have about like threesome culture, right? Which is like monogamish is what we're into. And, and it's, it's really fun. But at the same time, most guys like think that they want that until it becomes a reality. And then they're like, oh, I'm I'm super insecure. Like she's going to leave me for some shit. I'm like, dude, you're fucking retarded. Like, what are we doing here? Like, it's, it's like, 
a woman can offer something that you cannot. You need to first off be okay with that. So like Kelly can get with women by herself. It's not a big deal. Like I have zero, I'm not threatened by that at all. But mm-hmm. these guys are like, oh man, this must be so cool. And I'm like, first off, it is kind of a lot of work because a lot of insecurities and stuff come up. But most dudes wouldn't, they just want to like, they just want to hook up with two chicks at the same time. They don't really want that to be a part of their relationship. It's two totally separate things. Like when I started with the first couple of threesons I had with roommates, <laughs> like it was just, it gets, just kept happening. I would just like find myself in a place where roommates wanted to sleep with me. And I was like, this is great. But um, it just kept happening. He's like, <laughs> what can I say? Like they just, just talked to me. I was just at the right place at the right time. And open-minded <laughs> like, was like, but you got to shoot your shot. I'm like, what do you guys think about this? You know, like Kelly and I went on a date this other, the other so day funny. with a girl that had a friend in town. I was like, bring her along. And it didn't work. Like it didn't work out. Um, but it was still like, why the fuck not? Just see what happens. If you just put yourself into the right places with the right people and the right drugs, like things happen. Well, first of all, you, you know, Connor, like you can't say retarded because you'll get canceled. You know, what's nice. funny, you know, even hip hop songs from like Sierra, I was listening yeah. to one, two step the other day and I, like how many songs and hip hop songs have it. And it's like, now, I don't know if they still do, but well, the, the black eyed peas, like let's get it started as, let's oh, get yeah. yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Like, so I actually went on this whole tirade on my podcast about reclaiming the word retarded because we live in a world, right? Like I could never call someone who has cognitive disabilities retarded. Like it makes me so anxious to me, like words evolve and change straightforward, right? Retarded was the clinical term for people who had Mm -hmm. disabilities at a certain time. And then it became a slang term. And now what it means is somebody who's fully, a fully functioning human being just does something stupid. Whereas if you don't take the time out of your day to say, that's a person with Down syndrome, or that's an autistic person. Like if you don't like, you, it's pretty easy to tell what's going on or that's a person with special needs. If I ever saw someone call a person with special needs retarded, I would punch them in the face. Even if it's a woman, <laughs> I'd be like, what do you, like, who the fuck do you think you are? I would defend that to the end of the earth, but it's like, as a word, as a colloquial term, it's like, just shut up. Like, it's fine. And we get so, everybody's so goddamn sensitive about fucking language. And I'm just like, why are we trying to nerf the culture? These words, it's not Lord Voldemort. Okay. Like you can, you can say words and it's fine in context, in the right scenario. That's not, doesn't mean that it, it is the worst case scenario for that word. And we've seen that all the time talk about boners like any harry potter reference let's just get after it but like (laughs) but it's you know i don't want to like do a deep dive into this but it also has me thinking about the whole joe rogan thing because it is it's like language and the power of one word and we're losing sight like people lose their fucking minds because it's like we don't even look at the context also i'm sorry if you're hearing this there's literally like a construction john deere competition going on in my yard but anyway i, I can't hear it so i don't think okay good so but yeah it's like that idea and it's like the whole joe rogan thing with this compilation of him using the n-word and it's like even like you could argue the Whoopi goldberg thing right it's like if someone is not here saying you know, you, this group of people, like you're disgusting or you're bad or you're this or that. It's like, we take it out of context. If they're not saying it in a malicious derogatory way, it doesn't matter anymore. It's just like, you said it period. Even if you're singing in a song and you in a song, like you said it period. And it's like, we, we have to be able to distinguish the two. I mean, really people. Yeah. I mean, you, I can sit here and pretend that I don't sing every fucking word to a Kendrick Lamar song without any question when I'm in my car by myself or with other people, even I don't, it's like, dude, I don't care. Like if you want to come at me for that, that's what you're going to, that's the hill you want to die on. I have years of proof that I have stood up for like the black community. I think the black community is way more badass. White culture is kind of fucking boring to me. Like (laughs) like, all, all 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 the cool shit that is in white culture 
came from black culture. <laughs> in a You're like, time. I'm about to pull a Michael Jackson, flip this, this script, flip, flip this script in this bitch surprise. No, but it's just these highly sensitive people. And then you talk to people like I, had, I went hunting with this guy from Louisiana. He was just a, a friend of a friend. And it's like, they throw around the N-word down there all the time. Like Morgan Wallen got in trouble the other day. And it's like, dude, those guys Again? down there. Uh, no, no, no. A while back. But it was oh. like, if you live in like rural Louisiana, right? It's Theo Vaughn talks about this. It's like just poor white people and poor black people. They'd have, they, they're living their life. They don't really give a shit about what's politically correct in New York or what Andrew Cuomo has right. to say about <laughs> offensive language. Like suck a bag of dicks, dude. No one cares. And that's the thing. If you didn't grow up, if you grew up in like the uppity suburbs of Chicago where like things aren't real and you don't experience violence and you don't like you, you have to find a thing to give a fuck about like you're protecting somebody. When at the end of the day, it's somebody's decision whether they want to be offended about something or not. And I'm not, we're, yeah. just because you use a word doesn't mean you're an oppressor. It depends on how, it's like context fucking matters. The, the fact that like matters. context matters is, a, is, a, is a controversial term is the weirdest thing in my life. Period. It just makes no sense. Well, that's why with the whole Joe Rogan thing, and I actually was going to get to this in the end, but again, wherever the wind will blow us, it's like, I see it from both ends because I had my friend on who is black. She's an entertainment journalist. And she was like, it was right in the height. Connor of the BLM. Like this is when I was in LA and literally they were burning shit like on my porch. Like it was like in the fucking height, like literally we could hear cops in the yeah. background. And she's like, listen, I don't want to hear it ever. I don't want to hear you singing it in a song. I don't want to hear you, you know, it's our word. I don't want to, it's not a good period. Right. So I get it from that angle, but then you have people like Amir who is like, it's what is his last name? Amir Odom. Amir Odom. Yes who is awesome. And he basically said what you said when he's like, it's up to us, whether we're going to in the individual, we're going to like, let one word hold so much power over us. Yeah. And it's and, not like it's a word that gets used commonly. Anyways, if you're saying that word, like every day, unless you're reading Huckleberry Finn out loud every single day, it's like, how in an amphitheater. Does, it, does it even happen? But it is, it's an interesting. And that's the thing too, is like, if you're into human behavior science and human and just like kind of fascinated with human beings like I am, it's like, wow, we like took this word that was a, a slang term and an oppressive term at one point. Now, I mean, just, just, we don't ever talk about the wins too. The black community took that word, modified it slightly. And now it's like a term of endearment amongst, amongst each other. Right. And even right. between white and black people in certain communities that are underserved. And like, like I said, like these, like Southern Louisiana boys, they're not offended. You know what I'm saying? Like they, they just, that's how they talk to each other. And you can't tell me that those guys are racist because what is Theo Vaughn had that great bit. He was like, the black guys would be like, look at all these things you did to us. And he was like, do you think I would do all those things and move in right next door? <laughs> like, but it was just these things where, it's like we, we, we get so strange, but if it's fascinating to look at the evolution yeah. of that word and how, how the behavior around it has changed so much just by itself, just analyzing that is really interesting to me. I don't understand why that's a problem in the way that we look at all kinds of things. Like it's just how things have evolved. Like the word cunt, right. and how it means a different thing here than it means in uh, Australia. You know, like they throw around oh, cunt that's all the time. Right. There, I used right? to date an Australian and he, um, yeah. I'm going to leave it at that. Actually, I was going to go into more detail, but I think he like watches the show. So anyhow, leave that to your imagination. No, but you're right, actually, because I remember like him kind of throwing around, throwing it around. And I was like, oh, 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 like it takes a lot to offend a bitch. And not that I get offended by it, but it's one of those things. It's like when I hear it, it's like abrasive on my well, head. There was a, I have a friend who's a PR guy and um, 
they were working with a team out of Australia. And every time they'd have a call with the Australian people, like five minutes after the call, they would get an apology email <laughs> because they're like, oh, sorry, like culturally, but it's a cultural thing. It's just like, it doesn't no, mean it the same thing, you know? Do you think, okay. And also like my viewers know this, I am by no means like you want your show, obviously politically homeless is much more political than my show. And I'm, I always say like, I am not a race relations expert. Let me just put that disclaimer out there. With that said, but obviously now, obviously, you know, I talk about pop culture and entertainment and everything that ever happened is political now. But do you think that Joe Rogan should have apologized? Did you see his apology? I I thought the apology was a little bit much. I think I it, agree. It, it, it deserved a little bit more like an explanation. And also that stuff was like 12 years ago. And that's yeah. in context of a conversation. I mean, I can't imagine that Joe Rogan, right? is racist or homophobic or transphobic is the silliest thing to me. I'm like, there are real people that are transphobic out there. There are real people that are like getting in the way of trans, like, like this whole argument over fucking gender neutral bathrooms. I'm like, can we just leave it alone? Like, who what cares? do you mean? Like, like the idea of having, like, instead of having a man, a men and a women's bathroom, having two gender neutral bathrooms, right? Like there are people that are like, well, if my daughter goes in there, she's going to get raped by a trans person. I'm like, that's fucking ridiculous. Right. Whereas Joe Rogan had that whole bit where it was like, if you're, if you're opposed to gay marriage, you either, you're either an idiot or you think that dicks are secretly delicious. Right. It's like, he made these bits about this stuff and it was like hilarious. Everybody, whenever gay marriage became legal, everybody shared that meme. Right. Like what yeah. he, the whole transphobic thing is like you, you're trying to make a villain out of somebody. Now it's like, OK, well, now Joe Rogan has 11 million listeners on average per episode and he's having conversations with people that we have tried to shun. So now we've got to go after him and yeah. make him a villain. But it's the, the, the guy has 2000 episodes almost to say, like, hey, you want context? Go find it. I'm a free speech, free speech gal, obviously. Yeah. And so I feel like people conflate that. I feel like people will think like Taylor, well, what do you think? People can just say whatever the fuck they want, no matter how inflammatory, no matter how what, and never apologize and never take accountability. Like, I'm not saying that. I think that obviously there's, we have to grow. That's why we have to have these conversations. We have to fucking grow and move forward and not be robots. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know. I watched his apology and I kind of was like, but I, I empathize with him because the amount of bullshit that that guy has to be dealing with right I now know. From, all, from all directions. And they're taking some episodes down that don't make any sense, but they also just started releasing right. his, his episodes in Saudi Arabia and any but that's episodes my that were point about growing and that's my point yeah. about growing and learning. It's like, why do we have to go back in time and take things down? Why can't we just be like, okay, acknowledge it, it happened and keep it moving and yeah. move forward? Well, the, the thing that pops out you to know. me the most is just like, and I this is what I really do on, on Thought Criminals and and politically homeless, it's just like call bullshit, man. Like I just call bullshit. I, I've got a bullshit sensor for whatever reason that's really tuned in. You know. And probably because I was religious growing up and like mm-hmm. I had to call bullshit on like a third of my life because of all of that shit. I was like, this is silly. Yeah. Um, but we look at it even like the Whoopi Goldberg thing. It's like, I don't think that what she said was all that problematic. I think that if you grew up and I was like, I was like, put it in context for this woman. She was born in 1955. Okay. I know. I like, like how you put that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that woman experienced like colored water uh, water fountains you know what i'm saying so like she's gonna have a different lens on this whole thing than a jewish person is going to have right on the way that race is treated because she was her people were persecuted in a different way than the jewish people were so she's gonna definitely have a bias towards her own oppression right right you don't need to have the oppression olympics i think that candace I owens agree. bringing that up but candace owens doesn't want to admit that what happened to the native americans and westward expansion was a holocaust she's like well native americans fought each other so who cares we just came and fought them better and i'm like so you're a holocaust denier is what you are 
because that was a Holocaust. That was an eradication of, of a race of people based upon uh, the perception that they were less than. That is a Holocaust by definition. It is as bad as the Holocaust that happened in Germany, right? It's, it's, bad, it's bad at the Nazi Holocaust. And slavery is, we don't need to say which one is fucking worse. They're all just bad. Right. Well, that's what were- I listen. That's what I said in my episode about Whoopi Goldberg because people are on here on Twitter going, "Oh, is she saying that you know what black people went through was worse than Jews are comparing?" And I said, first, I agree with you. I'm like, it should not be the Victim Olympics. Like, it should not be a competition. It's all awful. Again, it's with the context. Just like I think Gina Carano with her meme wasn't being anti-Semitic. That's where no. I think people are losing focus. It's like they're not out here again. It's like the use of the words. They're not out here being like, let's get all the Jews. The Jews are scum. Let's have them mop our floors. It's like, no, it, that's yeah. not what she's saying. She's acknowledging how horrible it was just as Gina Carano was. And that's where it's like so out of control because people, it's like the Joe Rogan thing. People just lose um, context and it's like, it's just out of control. It's like, how long do we keep going down this path of just taking everybody out? And what's interesting though, Connor, about what you said about Whoopi is, you know, I have mixed feelings on this because I did think that it was super cringe because you had everyone on the right just get going out to get her, like making it their life's mission, being like, take out Whoopi Goldberg, you know, an eye for an eye. But I don't know. I feel torn because part of me is like, isn't it a double standard how they like let some people go and then they punish. If that were anyone else, they would be fucking crucified. They lose their agent. They live in a dungeon. They lose their job. They lose literally like the IRS would be on the, it would be a whole thing. And with Whoopi Goldberg, they're like two weeks. And I know you argued like, what was my initial reaction, which is don't suspend her period. Let her talk. So which is it? Because there is a double standard there. Well, I think, I think she needed to get dragged a little bit for it because the only reason I say that is because I don't think she needed to get suspended, but the public outcry is like, see what it's like when you're on this side of the situation and how you made a mistake. Right. And then you need to, that's why I got so frustrated with the Ben Shapiro thing. Cause I'm like, now you're like, you're like, well, on principle, I wouldn't want her to get suspended, but I want her to get fired. And I was like, that isn't, so you're not a principled actor by definition. You're just like contradicting yourself, which he does all the time. If people don't know. So Ben Shapiro is obviously like, if you don't know again, if like you're living in a swamp, he is a right wing <laughs> commentator on the daily wire and, and Jewish, he is Jewish all man. against what? He's Jewish too. That's a big. And he's Jewish, yes, and he's all against cancel culture. But at a principle, it's like what I wrote in my USA Today op-ed. It's like the left will cancel, but then the right is like, let's cancel, you know, cancel them too, so they get a taste of their own medicine. Even though we hate cancel culture, so it's that idea with Ben Shapiro. He's like, we don't want her canceled, but at the same time, you do it with everyone else. So go ahead, follow your own rule. Like it's that idea, and that's what Connor means. How it's like, and I was bringing up. that Sean Hannity on Fox News, right, who is a very cringe individual, is like, I'm against, I don't want her to get fired or suspended. I was like, Sean Hannity is out here making sense. Like, that's like, you know what I'm saying? It was so strange. And then you look at that, I'm like, so that's what I even said on that video was like, so you teach your kids two wrongs, make a right then. That's what you're, that's where you're going with this. You want tit for tat culture because all they're going to do is like, oh, well, you're going to cancel Whoopi. Now, now we want to cancel this other person versus being very loud and using a giant platform to be like, I defend her right to be wrong, which she was wrong and she was ignorant, but it's okay. She was wrong. You can be wrong. It was a very strange, it was a very strange thing to me. I mean, it's like in it, the, the hypocrisy was there, but I think it's, it's kind of blown over and I think she's going to be fine. I like Whoopi. All right. I don't, I don't expect, this is what pisses me off about the fucking right wing too. I don't know why in the fuck they give a shit about what people in Hollywood have to say about anything. It's like liberal Hollywood and this and that. I'm like, when has Hollywood not been liberal and weird? 
Well, like, that's what. You, do you remember what David Bowie dressed like? Do you remember when Dennis Rodman wore a dress to the Grammys? Like, what are we talking about here? Like, this is just weird. They're weird fucking people, and they're also rich and hot, and they don't really give a fuck. They say what their fucking publicist wants them to say to get social credit. They don't need to know, and who gives a shit what they well, say? That is what is so fascinating to me about how outlets like. Fox and Daily Wire, it's so silly because they spend all day long taking the bit biggest shit on Hollywood. In a lot of ways, I, you know, I was in Hollywood and I see how hypocritical and how like big of clowns they are, but they also give them so much power because they hang yeah. on every word they say. And I'm like, well, by that logic, if you hate these people, why are you giving them the time of day? What they have to say, who cares? Like, that's what is so you know what's funny, and I'm gonna reveal this. I haven't ever ever said this on my show. Funny enough, I talked to the heads of Daily Wire. Oh, really? You, and what's funny is they kind of wanted me. They didn't realize I wasn't in Hollywood anymore, and they kind of wanted me to be there. And my feeling was they wanted me to like get celebs to look stupid and yeah, like expose exactly their what they own. Yeah. Right, and expose their own liberal hypocrisies. But in my mind, it again was kind of that idea because I'm like, number one, no one's going to invite you guys to anything. No offense. Like they will literally have you with a microphone in the dumpster being like, good luck with that. <laughs> like, good luck getting a quote from Brad Pitt. But it's also to your point, that idea of why do you want access to celebrities in Hollywood? If you spend all day long shitting on their existence, it's so yeah. weird to me. I understand. And they're like, liberal Hollywood this, liberal Hollywood that. I'm like, yeah. Hey. And they're influencing our children. I'm like, I don't really care what Lady Gaga has to say about geopolitical issues. Like, I can't imagine. I don't care what most people have to say unless they unless they have an insight into something that so matters to me. But at the same time, there was a lot of good that came from Hollywood's liberalness too. No, like the movie Birdcage, normalizing gay people. When I'm growing up as a small kid in Graham, Texas, which is like, it, like watching Will and Grace yeah. was my first experience yeah. thinking that gay men were normal. And that's a weird thing to say. I was like 10, 11 years old. And I thought Will and Grace was fucking hilarious. And then watching that woman that was in that show get dragged, I forget her name, over being homophobic. Yeah. I'm like, you have no idea the impact that that show had. You have no idea the impact that whole show had on a kid like me who had never had the opportunity to be around any real any gay, gay couples, gay men. And then honestly, yeah. moving to Austin was like one of the coolest things for me because I'm like, oh, like it felt free. That's why I love going to gay bars still as a straight you're man. Like, I'm like, oh, you're dude, so what? free. You're so like, they're just free, a, yeah. they're fucking free, man. And it's, it's, it's cool. And you think that these like conservatives like to tout themselves and stroke themselves off. It's like this pro freedom party, but I was around and maybe the, the, the younger generation doesn't remember this. I remember whenever it was the, the Bush era when we were arguing, I mean, Joe fucking Biden in 2008 was like, I oppose gay marriage. You know what I'm saying? And now we're in this place. How where the tides have yeah, turned. But this is exactly. what I mean about things like we can, I, we have to acknowledge people and things change. People. Yeah. I love your view, Connor, because no, it is. It's really refreshing. Because when you say like, oh, it was my first time at a gay bar. I mean, I grew up an hour outside New York City in Connecticut. I lived in Manhattan, worked at VH, you know, Viacom there in the city, then LA. I've always been in a big city. And so I always, you know, forget <laughs> dude, and that's, that's one thing with the conservatives to these guys like like uh tucker carlson for example which i don't hate but when he, he charlie kirk is another example of these like right-wing commentators charlie kirk is a pussy okay 
Like I look at that guy, he grew up in a suburb of Chicago and that motherfucker wants to talk about uh, the working class. I'm like, I'll talk about the working class because I worked 12 hour days as a 15 year old swinging a fucking hammer in 110 degree yeah. heat. So you talk to, I'll talk to you about the working class. You don't tell me about blue collar jobs. You've never had one, dude. That's, you grew up in a gated fucking community. But it's isn't like, it? Oh, well, the police, if I called the police, they would come. I'm like, yeah, because you live in a fucking gated community, you dickhead. Are you Amen stupid? Amen to that. It's like, get the fuck out of here. You don't know what it's like. Like my dad spent seven years in prison. Do you know what that experience is like for nonviolent drug crimes? Do you know what it's like that 15 small town cops busted into his house at night while he was in his underwear and fucking put an AR 15s in his face. And like, mm-hmm. it's like, dude, do you have any experience with what that is? Because he was an addict. Like you, you don't, don't talk to me about the, the trife of the fucking working class. If you've never seen it and you've never been around it, because all you do is sit around and talk on a stage. Like you, like anybody gives a fuck what you have to say, because you made a troll farm. That's how you got famous. You made a fucking troll farm with interns and that's how you got famous. You are meaningless farm. and it fucking pisses me off. Like I, 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 I take it super personally because those are my friends, right? That's why I defended Trump supporters. Those are my friends I grew up with. Okay. And they're not stupid. They're not stupid. They're not backwards, not bigoted. They just are conservatives because they live in a town of 9,000 people like most Americans do. And they don't really give a fuck about all the stuff that's happening in the metropolitan areas because they don't see it or experience it. They just want to live their goddamn life. And they like their simple life out in the middle of fucking nowhere, which I hate it, but I understand why they like it. They, but yeah, those metro areas though are the ones who like call the shots and speak for everyone. That's why I think Hollywood, I'm going to challenge what you said, because I know it's easy for you to be like, who fucking cares what they have to say. Right. But I do yeah. think that they have power and I can't, it's like what you're saying about the Charlie Kirks, like Susan Sarandon. I don't know if you saw this because this pitch and I've met her and you know what, like good times with Susan. I think that we talked actually about like how she sneaks away and has sex with her husband when the kids are, I don't know. Some Connor, you'd appreciate you and your threesome (laughs) ways would be all over it. But again, it's like, this is where it's like, they're just so out of touch because I saw it firsthand. Like I saw their assistants serving caviar on their tongue and wiping their assholes. Like I saw it firsthand. And so you have Susan Sarandon out here. I don't know if you saw this, but she tweeted um, a, a meme from that funeral, the NYPD uh, officer who was killed, Jason Rivera. And the mm. meme said, this is what I'm going to tell my kids. This is it, what fascism is. And Susan Sarandon quoted the meme and said, if you guys don't know all of the NYPD, that one day there was a funeral because there was a man who was killed. And all of New York City, like the main streets of Manhattan, there were thousands, like I think like 10,000 officers. Yeah, there was a um, ton of people I saw. For the proceeding. Yeah. yeah, it was wild. And she quoted the meme and she tweeted something like, oh, if we don't need police in these, you know, in this block of hours, then why do we need them, period? Like we don't need, you know, that idea. And it's like, shut the fuck up. Pack it without your security guard for one fucking day. One yeah. day, one day. Yeah. And that's the thing where it's like, they're so out of touch. It's like, it's so easy for you guys to be like, oh yeah, no police from your gated community in Calabasas who has security and cameras on call and on your head 24 hours a day. Go walk down a red carpet without a guard. Go, you know what I mean? So it's just like, it's so hypocritical. It drives me nuts. I give the same amount of fucks about what she has to say. I didn't even know she said that because I'm just not engaged with that. And Mm -hmm. it's like the the police thing. It's like, it's not that this is what pissed me off about everybody on both sides of that whole, like during the Black Lives Matter, the peak Black Lives Matter thing. It was like either Black Lives Matter or police matter. And can we not just say like, hey, I say that all the time. Black Lives Matter and cops matter. 
And I also think that like cops have too much unilateral power. I think their spending is out of control. How about this? I would like to see cops get paid more if you spend 10% of your time training in jujitsu or training in nonviolent situations. And everybody's like, well, we need social workers to handle these things. And I'm like, well, how about this? How about cops get paid more if they have a degree in social work? There, I just solved both problems. It's not that fucking there. complicated. You know what I'm saying? It's like that. There, there, you can create incentives for that. I think police budgets are bloated, but you can't say, you can't address that when you're chanting defund the police. And then you have people like AOC on a peak hypocrisy who then votes to give the, the, the Capitol Police $2 billion more dollars a year. What? I mean, you were saying defund the police for a whole year right before you voted on right. that, bitch. What are you doing? Bitch, the whole thing is, again, we've conflated everything. And I say this on my show all the time. It's like, we can't acknowledge two things can be true at the same time. Like, I, I get it. I get it. Like, our brain cells are dwindling and we are struggling to make a thought. I understand. But it's also like... I, I am with you 100%. And I actually talked about a housewife, real housewives. I know this is not your your gig. She basically was fired because there were tweets of her or something posts resurfaced from when everything, the height of everything. And basically what she was saying is like all the rioting and the violence is bad. And she's like, I thought I was standing up against violence, but now she's deemed a racist. And it's like, again, to your point, both things can be true. It's like, yes, yeah. of course, Black Lives Matter. Of course, there are some bad cops, but we need cops like both yeah, things, people. Like, I marched in the Black Lives Matter uh, protest, and I because I mean, it matters to me. And I, I've seen, I've seen in my own family like the overreach of police officers in a small town in Texas, especially. There's way too many cops. And I went and marched at this uh, the Black Lives Matter here in Denver, and I was like, yeah, this is really important. I also wish they wouldn't bust the fucking windows out of the Capitol and spray paint the shit. You know what I'm saying? Like that doesn't seem productive. I don't know. I think being out here is good. Mm -hmm. And there was a kid. There was a kid that had autism that was killed by the cops here. Uh, Elijah Mc, uh, Elijah McLean, I think his name was. And he was a super sweet kid, and it was it was a, a an absolute tragedy, and that like really kind of got the hearts and minds of everybody across the board because this kid, I mean, it, ah. there was no he was he had he had, he was autistic, I think a little bit, like he was on the spectrum. He was walking in a hoodie. Some other black kid in a hoodie had done something wrong, and they hit him with they gave him they they OD'd him on ketamine because he was freaking out because he didn't like people touching him. And he would just, he had just like walked to the store and that's the thing. Then finally those cops got fired, but that's it. I'm like, those people should have been in fucking jail. Right. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, it was the, it, it was the EMS that did what the cops told them to do. So it's oh, like, it was sad. a whole thing, but this, it was just, he was just a kid. Like it was, there was not, there was not like, you can have yeah. debates, but there was no debate. He was just a kid walking home. And so that really pissed a bunch of people off here. Cops are important. Right. But they need accountability. Like somebody who, who has right. the license to kill people needs accountability. My last thought on this is I feel like people don't look at the, you know, like you said, it's either this or that. And there are so many little things like you speak about the story with the kid with autism and that's awful. I remember when all the riots were happening in LA, there was this um, immigrant Asian family and they were on the news and they were talking about how like their struggle to come here and make a living and make a livelihood and how their entire business was just destroyed. They lost like, yeah. you know, a quarter million dollar. I think it was like a jewelry business, like a family run jewelry business. And, you know, it broke my heart because my mom's an immigrant, you know, so it's like all these little things that it's like. And I know people say, you know, you know, cost of buildings and, and businesses and all this, like, it's not the same as a life. And I can understand that. But at the same time, it's like. 
But it is, you know, does it have to be either, you know, what? Yeah. I mean, destabilizing people's livelihood is, is, can cost lives. There's something to be said for that. Like destabilizing economic, like, like the COVID response is a great example. How many fucking people in their twenties have lost everything, put a fucking gun in their mouth, right? That's a sad thing to think about, but that's, that's, those are human lives. You have to look at the consequences of your actions and economic destabilization and, and ruining people's livelihoods does cost lives uh-huh. straight, yeah. straight up. I mean, so I gotta, said that. You look at it that way. Yeah, I said that even as it was going on, 100%. Um, okay, pivoting a little bit on a peppier note. When you talked about before, like swinging a hammer, I was like, that's a man right there, ladies. You know, <laughs> that's a man. So, okay, I obviously on my show, I talk a lot about, you know, gender and masculinity and femininity mm-hmm. and all this. So, okay, the two things I want to talk about before we wrap, I'm going to have like 10 more minutes, is Adidas with Those their titties? whole titty campaign and Candace Owens. So okay, maybe we'll save Adidas for the grand finale shebang. Let's talk about Candace Owens. It's funny because this whole app was reversed. Everything we just did was going to be my end. And you know what? That's what happens when you, you live in the moment. So what can yeah. you say, YOLO? So, all right, Candace Owens, I just want your hot take on this. Basically, this bitch is out here and I need someone to make it make sense because she is on this whole tirade about how feminism is bad and feminism is a conspiracy theory, essentially led by the government to ruin households, to take women away from the households. So this way kids don't have hands-on parenting and the government can corrupt and brainwash our kids. So she's like, feminism is bad. It is the devil. And I'm over here like, bitch, you realize nobody is benefiting from feminism more than you. Okay. You have like, you have everything that a fem. Yeah. He's not in, you have everything that a feminism is. You have your home life. You have your kid. You're having a second kid, but you're over here crushing it. Probably making a shit ton of money as this talk show host, as this political commentator, you're clearly a businesswoman and passionate about all of this. I bet you one day she'll run for office. So You wouldn't have any of that shit, bitch. If it wasn't for feminism, you would have to work so much harder, right? To be having your own talk shows, to run for office. So make it make sense, Connor. What is her, what is the sitch? Okay, so the feminism piece is, it's it's actually, we're going to embrace a little bit of nuance here. When, so birth control changed everything. You got to look at the history of this. Once you could reliably not get pregnant, more women were able to join the workforce, right? We don't think about that because that was kind of before our time. So now you you essentially double the workforce, okay? Which does, when you double the workforce, bring wages down. So I do think that, the, that now, do I think this isn't a feminine issue? This is a, this is just a, I think it's, it, it should be more possible for single income households to exist. I don't care if it's the woman or the man. And I will say this as someone, my wife has the money, Okay. That I, I'm doing about masculinity, like, yeah, I'm a relatively masculine dude. She has the money before we met. I was gonna like, I was trying to like buy a sick van to live in, and then I was gonna build a house out of container boxes over the like, on a five acre piece of property that I found somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's where I was at, and now I live on three and a half acres in Golden, Colorado. Okay, so like, I'm honest about that. We, I will be the primary parent for a lot of things, so especially when our kids are a little bit older, right? Like, three, four, five, when we're working on that right now. So, like, it's a little bit of a reversal but it's awesome because our kids have somebody present, which is really important. And there are studies out that show that putting kids in pre-K three, four or five years old, right? Pre-kindergarten actually dis- it puts them at a disadvantage going forward. And a lot of that is the way that it's structured. So we have to like embrace, there are some valid points in that, but she's equating that all to feminism versus what I look at. It's like the working class is underserved. 
right? So you can't, it's almost impossible to have that single income household. But what you're seeing is these people fleeing major cities to go live in a place, right? Where they're all of a sudden their mortgage is half of what it was. So they can have someone present with the kids at home, right? So that it may be the man or the woman. I have a, a friend of mine, uh, it was one of my old clients back in the day. He owned a construction company and he made like 150, $170,000 a year, right? But his wife was a fucking neurosurgeon. So when they had kids, he was like, I'm the doctor's wife. Like that's what he did. He was, she was making $350,000, no. $400,000 a year. So it's like his, he sold his business and was like, now I'm a stay at home dad. Now he, now he coaches like a strong man. He's a, he's a, he's an awesome, amazing dude, amazing father. Right. So I don't think, I think normalizing a single income household, whether it's the woman or the man, depending on what it is. And more women go to college now um, that the gender pay gap is kind of eradicated in most areas, except if you try to compare like offshore oil workers to teachers that doesn't really add up but there is a point to some of that that being said she's saying she wants to make it a conspiracy theory because that's attention seeking right she's a she's a grifter by definition she switched a lot of her views to the complete opposite end she changed her principles completely that doesn't happen naturally that's not a way to go about it and i think that she got where she is and she doesn't ever acknowledge that like she is she is in many ways the token black chick for conservative speak I don't 100%. think that's a problem. It, it is 100%. what it is. Like if, if like if there's, there's a, there's a, for, for Candace Owens, there's a hundred white chicks who say the same shit. Do they have a show on the daily wire? Why is that? Right. But she'll criticize Joe Biden for saying that he wants to put a black woman on the Supreme court when really, even though they didn't declare it, the daily wire wanted a black chick who said what they wanted her to say. Right. So what's the difference? Really? What's the difference? And I don't mind that, but it's like, Look at this whole thing. And you're going to blame feminism when yeah, you wouldn't have a talk show. You're telling, telling me the same government that at one point didn't want to allow women to vote, right? <laughs> women had to That's fight to vote. That's what I'm talking That's the about. Origin. You're saying well, that, that that same organization, right, which is still mostly a bunch of fucking white dudes, is trying to bring up feminism as some kind of, as some kind of conspiracy so they can co-opt your children. And it's always new mothers who say this kind of dumb shit. Right. I had this other woman who'd been a mom for three weeks and was like, children aren't a burden. And I'm like, children are by definition a burden. Like she's a conservative. She's on Fox News sometimes. And we got in this whole debate about children being a burden. I'm like, yeah, they are. Be honest about it. Lots of things are a burden. Working out is a burden. Right. A job is a burden. Right. These are all burden. But it's like, are they worth it? Like you have to understand, like life is a game of sacrifices. So like, yeah, you're sacrificing things by having children or not. But it could be amazing. Right. And so there's so much nuance to that, but it's so much easier to write fucking and Ben Shapiro does the same thing as like feminism yeah. is, 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 is ruining our children. And it's like, okay, I'll click on that. And then you get your YouTube ad money. It's just so silly because it's like you, yeah, it's that point. It's like you literally, however many years ago, literally couldn't cast your ballot, bitch. And I guarantee next thing you know, she's going to be running for office. So it's like, yeah. I, and now you have all of her it, to me. It's just so 1950s. Like now you have all of her, you know, followers writing these things like I'm the CEO of my home and blah, blah, blah. And that's great. And that's dandy. And that's fine if that's the life you want to lead. But I just don't understand how it's making, you know, why she has to make it her personal mission to like bring down something she benefits from. It's like it, it, it doesn't need to make sense. Like, right, I would say it Does makes anything? sense. Does anything? It, 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 make, it makes sense if you don't think about it. When you look at it, like you're looking at it as a, as a woman being like, dude, you benefited from all, all these women who put their, who put their necks out. And to be honest, like there's this yeah. book, uh, the American history, or the, um, what the fuck is it called? I got it back here. Oh my um, God. Look at your man's hit, <laughs> The people's history of the United States. <laughs> 
women get under undervalued in many things. You know who some of the biggest anti-slavery component uh, proponents were back in the back in the day? Well, fucking white women, right? And they had to go to these protests and they had to sit behind a curtain. They had to sit behind a curtain because they couldn't. They're not supposed to be in these places to 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 speak up. It was the weirdest, crazy fucking shit. And you don't ever hear that kind of stories. Those kind of stories at all. Yeah. But they understood what it was like to be kind of oppressed and marginalized because they were they were property. Yeah. And this, not in the same way that slaves were by no stretch of the imagination, right? But marriage at that time was a property transfer. So like they 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 empath they could empathize with that more, and they stood up, right? And you don't think about that kind of thing. We don't have those kind of discussions, but women put their fucking neck on the line so that you could have your goddamn talk show, Candace. So why don't you like have a little bit of respect, have a little bit of fucking respect for the people that came before you. You know what I mean? Next thing she's going to be like, well, Rosa Park is kind of overrated. You're like, what? No, what, what no fucking- I literally wouldn't be surprised. Like she'll have yeah. it on a t-shirt. She will have it on a t-shirt. Mark my words. Yeah, Ro- no. Rosa, Rosa Parks was a grifter. You're like what? No, no, it's. I, yeah, I need an explanation. There's the same so, people who are like, Martin Luther King had mistresses. And I'm like, who fucking cares, dude? I don't care. I don't give a shit that he was like, I don't care. What? That doesn't have anything to do with anything. No, I know. Discredit it's, movements. But it goes into everything we say, both of us say on our shows. It's like, we can be complex individuals. What a concept. Wow, I'm mind blown. Wait, so really quick. Okay, lastly, we're getting into Adidas. You are first though, you're trying to have kids, you guys, you and yeah. your wife. Are you, would you still have threesomes with kids? Uh, with our children in present? No, no once you have um, them. Uh, yeah, yeah, we've talked about that quite a bit. It's, I mean, of course, things change um because i mean there's kids around it, it, it not for a while i mean obviously you know we got to get to a place where where kelly feels good in her body again which shouldn't take long i think she'll bounce back you know she, she's six one so she's gonna be like i don't think it, i think it'll be easier for her to yeah she played volleyball at usc oh my gosh um, so she, i think i think she'll bounce back but i think it's gonna be really fun she's gonna get so because she's so she's got big hips she's gonna get big it's gonna be really funny but i think when she starts feeling good about herself like she gets more out of it than i do oftentimes like a, a lot of it is for her. She like really likes to melt into that like feminine, feminine puddle uh-huh. of just like gooey, gooey love. You know what I mean? Where I don't offer that. And that's one of the things that balances us out because I am pretty masculine. So I um, think that's as time goes on and we'll get like, we'll get a nanny in a hotel room. Like it's fun, you know, like Done. a babysitter. It's like not that Done. big. It's kind of fun. And, you know, it's, it's also, especially when that, because we're going to be enmeshed and like we're both work from home. We're going to be parenting the fuck out of ourselves. Like it's going to be nice to get like a weekend away and go like have a play time, you know? I give you guys props for being so open about it because I am single, but I talk about this a lot. And in my future, I'm like, we're drilled into our heads so much. Like you have to do it the, the traditional way, the traditional way that tra- like I'm pestered about it by my family every five milliseconds of the day, like someone blow my brains out. But I think about it a lot. I'm like, I don't know if I could do it. Like the not like what, not that I'm some, like I'm a nun, not that I'm some like crazy sex swing, you know, you know, promiscuous lady, but um, I don't know. It's just the idea of like being with one person and that's it and forever. I just like variety is a spice of life. And I hate, we, we like, can, I won't uh, even sign up to a gym commitment member, like a use- membership. I'm like, it's too much commitment. <laughs> so it's like weird because it's like, I want the traditional thing, but also it's like, I don't know if I could do it. We'll, we'll use this as a way to see people over to thought criminals. We are, we're going to talk about this a little bit more. Okay, cool. Okay. So lastly, yeah, we're going to do a thing on Connor's uh, Patreon, right? Connor for no, it's, it's, a, it's a public, it's a public episode. Oh, woo. It's, it's, okay. It's pre-launch. Yeah. 
Okay, good. Okay, Adidas showing all these titties doing the most. So Adidas launched a campaign on Twitter showing, I don't know, like 20 plus pairs of woman titties, all color, shape, sizes in order to promote their new bras. And their whole thing is like, their boobs come in all shapes and sizes and we're going to support them. And I saw this as a chick whose boobs are plastered in Playboy. And I was just like, why? What is the reason? And here's why. I say this a lot, but it's like, how is something going to make a statement if everyone is so shameless and so over the top in making a statement? Like, are you guys at Adidas? Are you okay? What What did you think when you saw it? I, well, Kelly loved it. Kelly thought it was great. I think I did a- think it was refreshing because it was <laughs> like real boobs. It wasn't the fake plastic up to your chin. It was very, very, I thought that was refreshing, but. Well, and I think there's a place, like, I think there's some things to go a little bit over the board. Like I like- like I have a friend who's a, pl- a plus size model, right? And she would be like considered obese, but she's not. She's not obese. She's just like she is. She's a she's a thick bitch. She's 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 sexy as hell. And there's a difference in that. And I think, like, we can just this is kind of extrapolated into like mannequins that are bigger than like a size two, right? Like things like that. I'm like, that's all. I think that's all great. And also, most titties look like those titties on that picture. So I'm like, I think it was for their marketing fantastic because adidas isn't like the most popular sports bra bra brand and adidas is actually a brand that that serves like their stuff's a little cheaper so you're serving like a different it's not like lululemon lululemon could never pull that off but i think i think for a company because the people who wear that their tits are fake now yeah exactly (laughs) like i don't recognize (laughs) (laughs) but i think you know i think in that way i think i think that's, that's something that brings a lot of insecurity out of people but like you know, titties are titties, man. And I don't, I don't, I don't think, I thought it was kind of cool. And I think it was a really brilliant marketing move because they like straight, it's going to be in the news cycle for a couple of days, but they just straight went for it. It wasn't like, it wasn't necessarily even like body positivity. It's like, here are what most titties look like. And we want to make bras for these titties, lopsided, small, big, you know, nipples facing down, nipples facing sideways, whatever it is. Like you can put those things in these bras and go, go try to better yourself at the gym. It reminded me though, it made me reminisce on like iconic statements from like the eighties and nineties that weren't, I don't know. It's like, it was subtle and effortless, cool chic. It wasn't trying so hard. Like got milk, remember got milk. So it's like, I don't know, to me, it's like, again, how extreme do we go? Like, where's the subtlety? Where's a little bit of mystery. And then you also have people on Twitter being like, everything is tit for tat. Right. So People are like, oh, you're, this would never go the way you're showing tits. Okay. Where are the dicks? And it's just like, oh my God, people like, I don't know. I don't know. I I think one thing too, I've seen this a lot with like, um, like, like pussies too. And like labias, different labias. And do women get super insecure about what the pussies look like for some reason? Like I did well, a girl who was like really having a hard time. She actually ended up getting like a, a, a labiaplasty. Oh, wow. It was like a whole thing. And I was like, dude, it's fine. Like I, I like it. Like, yeah, but now she was, feels was, like a fucking rock star and she's like, come and get it boys. Yeah, exactly. I think it was, it was a whole thing. I mean, that was after we broke up. So I never really experienced that, but I was kind of glad I didn't. I'm like, I got the real thing, you know, but it's, I think that there's, I don't know, man. I feel like I do feel, and you, I, I, as a man, I don't really know what this is about. Right. But like, I feel like women have been kind of fucked over as far as some of that stuff goes. Like the way that women are portrayed in most things, it's gotten better, I think. But even, even Hollywood, it's kind of piggyback on what we were saying earlier. It's like, if you go back and watch movies from the nineties, people kind of looked like real people. Right. It, every character, I every, every so I know. Much. And you go watch yes. like, like the Sopranos, for example, like the <sighs> cast of the Sopranos look like real fucking people. All of you them, know? friends. Even, I talked about recently, like Cindy Crawford and Playboy. No plastic surgery, no big lips, no Heidi Klum small back nose. in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and it's just like there's something about that like i actually have a friend um who's a model and she has like a bump on her nose and her whole family has it and she was somebody came at her in the dms and she was like fuck you this is like a thing my brother has it my mom has it my both my sisters have it it's like a thing that gives my face character and i'm like fuck yeah girl like it would be so easy it would cost you five thousand dollars to go in there and just shave that down that's like the easiest nose surgery you could get and she's like fuck you guys i'm not doing it she was like, this is, this is like part of what gives my face character. Yeah. And I don't want to look like that. And I think that there was like so much of a push there to, for people to try to look like, you know, JLo's 50 now or whatever. And she looks the same as she did when she was 30. Like that's yeah, unrealistic for a lot of people. And it, I think, yeah. you know, I, I, I wish, and that's why I even like people like Lady Gaga, who's kind of weird looking, but she's hot, but she has a kind of her own thing going on. And it's like, oh, that's cool. Well, this is, we're losing like that uniqueness. And this is where women like myself are put kind of in a bind because on one end of it, it's, I mean, look, like I have my moles. I've never done anything. I've never even done Botox. I have one boob that's bigger than the other, like represent, but this is where we're in a bind because it's like on one end of it, it's like, yeah, women do your thing. Like the friend with the labia, like do what you have to do to feel better. But then on the other end of it, I, part of me wants to call it out and I have called it out like the Kardashians and all this, like perpetuating these this unrealistic, like this Barbie. And yet again, if you call that out though, then you're not a feminist because you're calling or you're not empowering women because you're calling women out. Even if you're yeah. calling them out in the sake of, in the hopes of helping other women, not feeling like it's a look like well, that. So it's like a lose. It's like, you know, where, well, where I get weird. is like anything that's like, um, like, normalizing physical attributes that no one had anything to do with, right? Like you didn't make, you know, you didn't make your titties what they were. They just kind of are like, I didn't choose to have great bone structure and be six, four. It just kind of happened. Right. But I was also an obese like, child. So ladies, I got not <laughs> I, all at was, once. I didn't choose me, this life. Me, it's different because like I grew up, I was a fat kid. So I got bullied when I was a kid. I couldn't talk to girls. If I wanted to go, if I wanted to like ask a girl to a dance in junior high, I would be like sweating and nervous and they'd always say no. And I tried. So like for me now being like an attractive man, it's like, I'm, I'm like, this is like, I'm playing a video game. It doesn't even feel like real. I could go to snap out of it one day and just be a little fat kid again. So I kind of grew out of it and it worked my ass off. And part of that, part of the thing I get upset about is like when people try to normalize something that's objectively unhealthy right? Like obesity, for example, because I lived that life. And I'm like, guys, yeah. I'm telling you right now, like you need to sort this shit out. We need to like normalize being able to go to the gym as an obese person and not feel ashamed of yourself. That's good. Right. We can normalize being thick, like a thick guy, thick women. Like there's guys that weigh 250, 270 pounds who are fit. You know what I mean? You can talk about offensive and defensive linemen in the NFL. Those are thick guys. They're thick boys. That's, that's fine. But when you're talking about obesity and stuff like that, that's where I started getting up in arms. But when you're talking about like normalizing someone having a bump on their nose or lopsided titties or a flat ass, like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I mean, that's, that's just genetics. Like you're not much you can do about that. And, and I don't think that Kardashian, like getting, you know, the best ass surgery in the world. And somebody's like, I want that ass. And they go to, you know, go to Miami and go to one of these like strip mall ass injection places and they get a fucking infection and die. And like, they're just churning people in and out. That's a, there's a show called traffic. They talk about that. And I'm like, man, that is like, that's fucking people up. Well, that's where it bugs me because it's like, they pass it off as real. And it's like, you guys have the best of the best you know, surgeons, this, that, or the other thing. And like Susie down in Miami, she's about to get fucked. She doesn't know, like, you know, wrongful advertising. So yeah, it's Connor. Okay. We're going to wrap this, but your thing about obesity, I mean, this is what I mean. And this is how I'm going to wrap it with the whole shameless advertising, the Adidas. Do you remember that uh, campaign Cosmopolitan did mm -hmm. where they had obese models and they were like, and they literally said, this is healthy. So again, yeah. it's like that, that idea of like this shamelessness on all sides. What? That pissed me off pretty bad. <laughs> I was pretty upset by that. So, cause you're past too. Yeah. yeah and I've, I've seen it kill people in my family. Like that died at like 45, 50. It's like, 
dead. All right. See ya. <laughs> that's sad. That's where it's, it's like, sad, where terrible. does it become yeah, so, a problem? Yeah, like so it's, it's like when, chic when, and cool, but not like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. Connor Moore, we're about to hit it up for yeah. part one or two, depending go. on who releases what first, what <laughs> thought criminals coming up. Thought criminals. I'm sorry. I went over our time, but I mean, can I you blame care. me? Can you blame no. me? Okay. Connor, thank you. I'll see you in just one second. Okay.